Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask really quick, and this is as part of the message today. Given, given that today is what it is, believe it or not, we have a Smith story, but Greta's going to tell it. It doesn't matter which one, but I say, you know, be easy on a brother. Be easy on a brother. But, 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 but go, go ahead, please. Happy Father's Day. So let me tell you a little story. Last night, I was on the telephone with my mom, and Ben was getting ready to, y'all pastor's getting ready to take a shower. And so he comes back into the room, and he's like, Greta, have you seen my pajamas? He says, did you wash my pajamas? I said, I'm not sure. I just threw a load into the machine. And I mean, he's just looking, looking, looking. He goes into the bathroom. And then I hear this scream, like a, just a shout out of laughter. And I'm like, what is he doing? He comes out, he can hardly talk. And he goes, he's just, he's just busting out laughing. Ah! He goes, I'm wearing them. <laughs> the man had on his pajamas. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you for that. I think, I think that makes up for all the ones I've ever told on her. Good Lord, have mercy. I was about to tear my house down. See, I didn't, I didn't go anywhere that day. And it's so unusual for me to have my pajamas on all day. I'm like, where my PJs at? She's like, I don't know. I looked in the mirror in the bathroom and said, this cannot be true. I got them on. She says, yes, I will be telling the Smith story on Sunday. Today is Father's Day. Give God some praise for that. Now, given that today is Father's Day, let me go ahead and make something clear. Let's put together some, some, ground, some ground vocabulary. Now, I'm going to be using the word, we're going to be using the word in here, Father. But we don't want anyone to just lock Father into the biological Father. A Father could be a Father figure. A Father can be a mentor. And that could be uncles, bosses, pastors, you know, anybody that has guidance or mentorship or is fathering someone. So when we say father, we pull all those people in. We're also going to be using the word child or children. And what we don't want to do there is we don't want to lock that word into an age. Because adults have active fathers too. So when we say that word child, 
We don't want any of the insights and, and good information that we talk about today for anyone to just say, well, that's, that's talking about a kid. No, when we say child, we're not talking about necessarily somebody just, that's just young in age. Instead, we're talking about anybody who is in the position of being guided by someone who you might call a father or mentor. If I were to say that a little different, I would say we want the insights, okay, to be locked in on a person who is being fathered, which puts them in the position of child, not necessarily being a child. Make sense? All right. Now, generally in sessions like today, you know, we have a special day like today, people expect someone to come in and talk about things that help encourage fathers, that help strengthen fathers. That's the expectation. And we, we won't miss that expectation today. We're going to hit that expectation, expectation around the nose. Now, here's something that will be outside of the norm, though. Today, we're going to deviate from the norm, and we're going to introduce not just my voice, but another voice. And that voice is going to be the voice of our youth. The youth that are here. Let me explain. Open your Bibles to Psalm 127, verse 3, King James Version. Being a father is not just a role, but it's an honor. It's an honor. And for every man in here and for every man listening to me, if no one's ever told you that that's an honor, well, I'm telling you right now, being a father is an honor. Whether it's raising or guiding your own children, meaning your biological children or someone that you've adopted, or if you're filling the role of fathering somebody, being a mentor, it's an honor. If we read Psalm 127, starting in verse 3, or in this case, verse 3 only, the Bible notes, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. That same verse in the Message Bible. Don't you see that children are God's best gift? The fruit of the womb is his generous legacy. The Message Bible says that children are God's best gift. Given that children are his best gift, that means that being a father is not just something that you do. Being a father is a privilege. And it should be seen as such. It's a privilege, and we can even call it a privileged calling to be addressed as a father. And it's a calling that a person should take with all care and all diligence. If we go back to Psalm 127, King James Version, this time picking up verses 3 and 4. Now, no one's going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you for sure because I've my, my baby is getting ready to turn 22, wow. right? I think he's getting ready to turn 22 this year. That's right. And my oldest, 
My oldest will be 26. Wow. Is 26 right now. Married. Got two children. So I ain't gonna lie and tell anybody that being a father is, is, is cakewalk and being a father doesn't have a lot of responsibility. I'd, I'd be flat out lying if I said that. However, it's a responsibility that if you embrace it right, if you embrace it for what it is or pay big dividends, not just in your life, but in society's realm in general. Psalm 127, verses 3 and 4. Here we're going to pick up the, the visual of an archer or someone shooting an arrow. We've already read three. It says, Lo, children are inheritors of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Number four says, As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. I love that. Because when you think about the arrows in the hand of a mighty man and you think about an archer, what you end up with is hard to believe I brought that in here, isn't it? My son is over there cracking up. He's like, only my father would come in with an archer's bow and a real arrow. I promise no one's getting shot outside of him. But the visual... It's necessary. You know, when you think about an archer, the parallel between what an archer does and what a father should be doing is astounding. It says that children are like the arrows. So children to arrow, archer to father. What needs to happen? First, before the archer does anything with that arrow, he needs to check its condition. He needs to make sure that he understands the purpose of that arrow because not every arrow serves the same purpose. Fathers, you need to make sure you understand your children firsthand. Understand how they're designed. Understand their purpose. Know what they're all about. Know why God has put them in your life before you make a decision to try to do anything with them. Next, no archer, and I will put this in my hand, notice, not on the, not on the string. So if I point at anyone, you don't have to duck. <laughs> no archer racks the bow and just arbitrarily just makes a decision to shoot anywhere. What? The archer first identifies a target. Fathers, you need to make sure that you are pointing your children into a direction that's specific. Know where you're pointing them to. Don't just go in fathering all willy-nilly, not knowing what you're aiming at, not knowing where you're pointing your children towards, not knowing where that person's destination is. Why would you ever do that? An archer never does. The other thing for the archer, the archer determines the arrow's trajectory and speed. What does that mean? 
trajectory. If my target's to my left along that far, far wall, I can go straight at it or I can arc it over. Same target, same direction, but different path. You see, I may be able to shoot this arrow straight and hit my target, but also I may ob observe some obstacles in the way. So I may by design want to put that arrow on a path to reach its target, but still avoid the obstacles ahead. Same thing with the parent. I also control the speed at which the arrow makes it to the target. I can pull my bow back a little, that's one speed. I can pull my bow back a lot. So I determine how much momentum I give that arrow to reach its target. Fathers, when you're looking at the path for your child, you're gonna make sure that you put them on a path that is designed for success, avoiding the obstacles if possible. You're also going to give them the momentum to get there at a speed that gets them to the target as soon as possible and as safely as possible. It says in verse four, As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. So you can see an archer puts a lot of work and a lot of effort into making sure that that arrow reaches its destination. And fathers, you should do the same. What you do with your children should be, should be no different. Go to Psalm, same Psalm 127, this time, we're going to look at verse 5. Although fathering comes with a lot of responsibilities, there's a benefit to you being a good father. Listen to Psalm 127, verse 5. I'm going to read verse 4 and 5. Like a warrior's fist, this is Message Bible, like a warrior's fist full of arrows are in like a warrior's fistful of arrows are the children of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed are you parents with your quivers full of children. Your enemies don't stand a chance against you. You will sweep them right off your doorstep. When children are raised the right way, they will be your defense. They will help protect your family. They will help defend you against the enemy they will help sweep the enemy right off your doorstep. It's a benefit to being the kind of father that God has called you to be. All of this drives me to say being a father is a big deal. And I hope and pray that every single man under the sound of my voice feels the same way. For me, I embrace the opportunity. I never let it go. Well, let me ask you something. How many fathers do I have in here? Raise your hand. Wave at me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Give me a hoo-ah. Oh, yes, Lord. 
sound good. <laughs> Have you ever asked yourself, though, your father, I'm a father. Have you ever pondered in your head, I wonder how I'm doing at this thing? <laughs> One gentleman said daily. <laughs> I mean, have you ever done an internal review of yourself? Have you ever wondered if you were making a difference? Have you ever wondered if the messages you're trying to convey to your children or those that you're mentoring is really getting through? Have you ever wondered? I can tell you right now that those kind of thoughts are no different than a company trying to get something to validate its existence. Now, a smart company. A smart company to get that, get that answer that they're seeking does something very basic and very simple. They do a customer survey. And in that survey, they're asking something very simple. They're asking customers, please give us your opinion on our existence and our services that we provide to you. Well, guess what? I did the same thing. With the help of our youth department, I asked all of our children from middle school through high school to give me their responses surrounding questions like these. What does it mean to have a father in your life? What does it mean to have a father not be in your life? If your father is not or has not been in your life, what do you think it would mean for him to be or have been in your life? I received a whole bunch of good responses. And now I invite every single father in here to learn and to hear from our children about our existence and our services. I'm going to welcome to the stage a few high schoolers. If you don't mind, guys, go ahead and come up. Give God some praise for them as they come forward. They will be introducing themselves soon as they get set up. While they get set up, though, I'm going to share something with you all. This is several weeks in the making. What we're going to do is not scripted. We haven't sat down and said, OK, when we ask you this question, we need you to say this. <laughs> I've asked them to be honest. I've asked them to be open. I told them I want them to feel safe, and we all should make them feel safe. Amen. Your pastor's also far from stupid. I told them, listen, I want you to be smart. If you're getting ready to say something that you think your mama and daddy not going to be happy with, 
you take care of yourself. <laughs> hey, listen, they grown enough to get the real. We're, we're, we're talking high schoolers here. There is, no, there is no glory obtained to you getting punished for two weeks because you told the truth. Not in this form, it's not. And, and your pastor papa ain't asking you to do that at all. We're going to have them introduce themselves. Greta's going to also join me up here. This will work. Who's going to start with the introductions? We're going to use the mics here. I'm going to pass this one down to the end. I'm going to give this to you, sir. As they continue to set up, I'll go ahead and cue you up, everyone listening, to what we're going to talk about first. We're going to talk about a grouping of responses that fall up under the line. What does it mean to have a father in your life? We'll talk through those. I have some scripture references depending on the time. I may either read them or summarize them, but we do have them. After we get through those grouping of questions, we're going to go to the next set that talk about or really get to now, give me your thoughts of when there's not a father there in your life or when there's not a father present. If you don't mind, go ahead and give your name, speak up loud, just run it right down the line. Brian. Robert. Quay. Jordan. Nina. Julia. Marcus. And then, of course, Greta. You know what I love the best? Even the ones that had a microphone already. <laughs> Grab the mic and that's being in the flow right there. Okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna read, we got a total of 15 responses that I'm going through and I've grouped them. So I'm gonna read the first three. In these responses, there are some key words that I picked out that I kind of said, you know what? Let's ask questions about those particular words or those particular phrases. And I want you to just give me a response. And remember, we're talking to all of these fathers here and all fathers that will hear this and, and to, to everyone. To everyone listening, here are the responses in the grouping of what does it mean to have a father in your life. Here's three of them. The person said, oh, by the way, I purposely didn't get who gave what responses. I didn't want to know. I didn't need to know. It's anonymous, as it should be. If they're going to be honest and they're going to be safe, I don't need to know who wrote what. It's more about what was written, not who wrote it. The first response says this. What does it mean to be a father? To me, it is to have a role model and someone to look up to. A father is a guide throughout your, your journey in life. A father will help. A father is a very important person. Second one, it means a lot to have a father in my life. He is the one that I mostly look, to, look up to to see how one should live and carry out their life. The third one, 
To have a father is to have someone that will help you throughout your lifetime and help you be an amazing person. So here's my question to you. Please respond up. These talk about three groupings of things. It says that a father is a guide. A father is someone that will show you how, to, how you should live. And a father is someone that can help you be an amazing person. So when you hear those three things, what, what kind of things come to mind? Anybody? Um, Speak up, please. Well, for a, a guide, I feel like that can really be anyone. You can, it can be anyone that I'm looking at right now, like Pastor Benjamin. If I have a question about going somewhere, like I asked him to go to a church the other week, and he told me a few things. He told me if I felt uncomfortable, what to do, what not to do. He has guided me throughout the way. Oh, good. Anybody else? You got to understand, these are seven young people that talk all the time ordinarily. <laughs> Any thoughts? You want me to restate the question? <laughs> what does it mean to you to have a father who's a guide, a guide, or someone to help you, you know, to show you how to live, or someone to help you be an amazing person. So in general, what, is it, what does it mean for that father to be around? I mean, I, I think it shows you that, you know, you're taken care of, or at least you have one way that you can be taken care of, and you can reflect off of that and make it better for when you have your children, and they have it better than you did, so they can be better. Good. Greg, you want to say anything? All right, Greta. Go ahead to the next two. Having a father means having a figure that you can look up to and having a person who can be a role model or positive example for his sons. As a woman, having a father who has a relationship with God, it means having a perfect example of the kind of man I want to build a family with. My father is a great example of what a husband and father should be. He is preparing, preparing me for my future in ways he's not aware of. Yeah, and that was two separate responses, just so you know. The first one was uh, having a father means an example uh, for me as a, as, a, as a son, as his son. Then the next one was talking about as a woman. So one was obviously from a young man, and the other one was from a young lady. Now, the one from the young lady I love because it started off as a woman. And to some of us adults, that sounds kind of grownish. <laughs> you know, you're a middle schooler or a high schooler talking about as a woman. But to me, that's very telling. It's very informative. See, I've, I've, I've raised a daughter. And I have five goddaughters. Five goddaughters. Blessed to have, a, have a, my son be married, so that's a, another daughter. So I can tell you that it's very telling. That young lady that gave that response obviously sees herself a certain way. And as a father, we need to make sure that you understand and listen to what the people that you're supposed to be caring for are saying in particular, what they're saying about themselves. You see, in that young lady's mind, she's changing. And you know what? She's probably right. 
The worst thing that you can do for a father, though, is that if you're not listening for the change, you can be focusing on providing the person something that you think they're asking for, but they're not because you still see them as a little girl. And if you're not careful, if you keep that mindset and not be focused and listening to what they're saying, you could end up misguiding that person because, see, what you're doing is you're trying to guide the person that she used to be and failing to guide the person that she's becoming. If I were to say that different, I could say you're, you're, you might end up misguiding the person that she is because you keep trying to guide the person she used to be. That being said, I want to ask this of one of the young ladies. This response, last response says that the father is preparing me, so it has to be that young lady, for my future in ways he's not aware of. So I kind of think of that as even though the father may not always be talking to the young lady, that the young lady is always watching. So in watching, what do you think are some of the things that a father should know as relates to your watching that they should be careful of now to set the right example? <coughs> They're thinking. If I'm being... Is she, is she on? Lou? Yeah, just speak louder. Okay. Well, if I'm being honest, I'm not really sure what my father should be careful of because in my life, at least, he has shown that even like small mistakes, you can learn a lesson and you can grow for them. For me, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life so far, especially these last few months of school. And my dad has showed me a way that I can grow and learn from them. So being careful is should still be taken into consideration, but if you aren't careful and you mess up, you can learn from it. That's beautiful. And I, I Mr. CL's out there somewhere smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> he wanna cry. <laughs> He's got a tender heart. But I, but I, I, love, what, I love what she said. One of the things she said for certain was that throughout all my mistakes, my daddy is still there. My daddy is still there. Here's the, here's the sixth one. The response says, having a father in your life means there is always someone who has your back. Someone to follow and someone to look up to. And, and I like that because, you know, if you think of uh, in the book of Hebrews, it's Hebrews 13 and 5, God says that I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. So it's, it's good that someone would look at a father and say, you know what? When I think of a daddy, I think of somebody that's always got your back. Anybody have any comments on my panel about 
how a father, how it would be beneficial to have someone that's always got your back? Um, I think it's very beneficial because the, the people that I grew up with, um, I know a lot of them, they don't have a dad. They don't know who they are. Um, and when I see them in intense situations, they don't know how to act. They don't know who to go to. So um, I'm blessed that I have somebody that I can fall back on and say, you know, hey, how can I go about this? Because um, it's kind of hard to see, you know, the people that you care about, they don't have that kind of figure. And it's, um, it really makes you sit back and say, hey, you know, it's going to be all right. Even when you make the multiple um, mistakes in different aspects, it's like, you know, hey, um, how can I make this better? Or, hey, how do you feel about this? Because, you, I mean, you, you may have your idea. That may be the best idea that you can think of. But um, sometimes it takes that father figure to say, hey, what does God think? You know, God always has a better plan. So there's that. Oh, thank you. Anybody else? Go ahead. We've got one at the end there. Um. Well, I feel like I agree with you. But even if you don't have that biological father, there's still a lot of great men out there that will try and reach out to you and make sure you have that connection. If they know you're lacking, they will try their best to try and, I wouldn't say fill that role, but tend to you to what you care about. Like if you care about soccer or something, they'll be like, oh, you want to go play some soccer? You want to shoot some hoops or something like that? And um, it's just how you express yourself and how like how open you let yourself get with other people. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Um, I mean, because I've, at one point I thought that um, having a father figure had to be your biological father, and you know I was like, well, that doesn't really make sense. And you know, God showed me that through um, Pastor Mike and where is he, Mr. Vince? Where, where is he? I just saw him. And um, Deacon Charles, you know, they've they've been father figures in my life. It doesn't have to be your biological father. I don't know if I said that, but it, it can be multiple. You can have multiple father figures. So I'm thankful for that. Okay, the next response, it says, what it means to have a father in my life is to have a role model and a leader. Someone who puts his family before him in all aspects. You know, when looking at this response, Putting family first sounds like a sacrificial act. It reminds me of the scripture that Jesus said in um, John 15, verse 12 through 13. I'm going to read that out of the King James Version. It says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. My question to you all, what does it mean to see a father put his family first. What does that mean to you? Um, to me, that means a lot because my mom is my mom and my dad. So um, to see somebody else have their um, dad put them first, it, um, it kind of warms my heart because even though I don't have my biological dad, my mom is still like a dad figure to me. And um, she's there for me like a mom should and a dad should. And um, I know a couple of my friends that have their dads with them. And they always talk about how much they do for them. And, and sometimes when they tell me those stories, I just um, smile. And, and I just have a lot of joy on my face because um, even though I'm not going through that kind of same thing. I still kind of am because my mom, 
does it, it's just not a dad type of thing. Yeah. Go ahead, Jordan. Um, it's inspiring, like, to see my dad, because it's, like, how he puts others, like me, Quay, or my mom, because he puts others, like, in front of him almost, like, because he, like, he works and he does all this stuff, so, like, we can do stuff, you know, and get stuff, and eat stuff. <laughs> get stuff. <laughs> he threw that in there. <laughs> But yeah, like I really respect it in that, like that that he does that. I, I think it means something when um, when you see fathers, you know, put their family or somebody else that they care about before them. It really says a lot because it shows that you know, hey, they're better off and they're better off not getting something and having watching their family eat than to have them, you know, eat first and then have to serve their family second because um, I would with my friends or family and um it's been demonstrated through god showed me it through my friends because my friends will be i'll be at my friend's house and we'll all eat dinner and my 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 friend's dad will make make sure everyone eats you know guests his family he'll get his plate last and if they run out of food or if they're short on something he makes sure that they have it before he does because he cares about them that much and um it says a lot and it's a noble thing it's a it really says something about them because a lot of people, it's the other way around. You know, the father is apparently the head of the house, and that's not really how it is anymore. A lot of times it's kind of reversed, but um, it says a lot, and it's a very, that's what's manly. That's what I think is manly, not a side of, oh, I get to eat first. It's a, I want to make sure my family's fed, and that's a, that's a good feeling. Anybody else? Okay. Here's the eighth response. To have a father in my life means to have someone that I can trust, rely on, and have someone that doesn't sugarcoat the real world for me. For me personally, my dad is a light in my life and is patient with me when I get upset, mad, and so on. To have my dad in my life means to have someone that overthinks a situation in as much depth as I do, especially when watching movies. Even when I make mistakes and it hurts, he still makes sure that I learn something from the moment. I like the phrase in there that father doesn't sugarcoat the real world. I know when, I'm, when I was raising my children, and even now that they're, they're older and I still get opportunity to mentor them, I never sugarcoat. I'm not talking about being rude. I'm not talking about hurting feelings. But I'm saying talking to them with the real world effects in mind. You know, Jesus wasn't about sugarcoating. Wasn't necessarily rude, but he wasn't about sugarcoating. I have three verses for you here out of the Message Bible. Matthew 23, verses 1 through 3. Listen to Jesus really quick. Talk to, talk to some folks. Now Jesus turned to address his disciples along with the crowd that had gathered with them. This is Jesus talking. The religious scholars and Pharisees are competent teachers in God's law. You won't go wrong in following their teachings on Moses, but be careful about following them. They talk a good line, but they don't live it. They don't take it to their hearts and live it out in their behavior. It's all spit and polished veneer. 
In other words, I know that's your friend, and I know that you care about them, but they're using you. A father's not going to sugarcoat it. It's going to be in love, but a father recognizes that if I can get it to you to where you can use it, you will make a better decision, and that'll keep you out of harm's way. So I love that this young person said, I like the fact that my father doesn't sugarcoat things. Now, let me ask you, if you have any comment about that, I don't know if you have a father that don't sugarcoat things, but I'm going to read some things. If you have any, <laughs> you're laughing. If you, have any, if you have any statement about that, let me know. But while we, while we wait on that, in my experience, a child seeks at least five basic things from a father. Here are those things. They long for their father's time, their father's attention, their father's support, their father's love, and their father's approval. All those things. And if you're out there, men, when we're talking about the day long for your time, that's your time on a, on a consistent basis. That's not your time on a Christmas schedule, meaning once a year or every now and then. They want your attention without distractions. Are you spending time with them or are you spending time with your cell phone without distractions? They want your support without excuse. I would have been there, but they want your love always. 1 Corinthians 13 in the, in the Message Bible says, guess what? Love don't keep score when you do wrong. Your love can't be a faucet on the day off tomorrow. And they're really looking for your approval. Now, this is one that I want to I spend a couple seconds on because it's not necessarily the approval from you, fathers, for what they are doing. It's your approval for who they are. Sometimes a father may not like what a child's doing, their decisions, the, the decisions they've made, the lifestyle they've chosen or whatever, but that's the same baby that you held. That's the same child that you saw through middle school, the same child that you said that you'd be there for. Now all of a sudden, you have a stamp of disapproval on them. It's not about what they're doing for them. It's, it's about, do you approve of me? They want your approval. They want to know if you approve of them, if you see them, if you acclaim them, if you will, if you will choose them. Romans 8, 31, you're familiar with this, King James. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? I always thought about this when raising my children that, if somehow I can get in their mind 
that, that mantra that's the saying, if my daddy be for me, I don't care who is against me. If my father, if I know that that man that lives in that house with me that I call dad, if I know he's for me, I can take on anything that's against me. Before I move on to the next session, next session, anybody want to talk about a dad that don't sugarcoat? Quay, you leaning in. It's like you're either going to rap or something. You're you leaning in hard. <laughs> he had to pose. He was like, I thought he was going to spit game. Go ahead, Nina. So with the sugarcoating, that I appreciate that from my dad a lot because it makes me realize that mistakes and things that happen have consequences and that you just you have to move on. No matter what, life moves on, time moves on, you have to move on. And that's the real world, and that's the reality, and that's the truth. So I appreciate that my dad doesn't sugarcoat anything or tries to, oh, it's okay. Like, no, it's not okay. It's not okay. People don't deal with this. People will move on, push you to the side, and keep moving forward because that's what time does, move forward. Wow. Everybody hear that? That's some, that's some wisdom I know some adults don't get. <laughs> you know you've seen people stuck in time. It's 2019, and they still blabbing about 2001, what mm -hmm. happened to them. How you, how you, how you ain't, how you, tell me again how you ain't finished college and you started in 1999? <laughs> you need to move on. She has that now because she has a father who is willing to guide her. Under our topic, we're shifting now. What does it mean to not have a father? Here are two responses. If I didn't have a father, I feel as though I would not know how to treat other people and not be as motivated to do things like school or sports. The next one. Without a father, I wouldn't do some of the things I do today like sports or trying new things. To have a father is a great thing, and I'm very grateful for him. Those two pull out that a father can be your motivator, and a father can be that very motivator that gets you to try new things. Now, with those two groups of, of, of statements, being your motivator and having you try new things, I want to kind of roll out another thing for you for you to think about. When you are participating in sports or other activities, it doesn't have to be sports, tell me what does it mean to you to know that dad is in the audience or in the stands? What does it mean to know that when you're doing your thing, you know dad is out there somewhere? What does that mean? It means that even no matter what situation, you at least have one person that supports, at least one, that you can, that can, you, that you can guarantee that he's out there. Um, I mean, having, having been, I, I played football for four years, and my dad has been in the stands almost every single time. Every time he could make it, he was out there, partly because he loved football with a passion, but besides that, um, you know, there are times when I'm just, 
the games weren't the best. And I knew that, I mean, I had multiple people out there that, you know, believed in me and came out to watch, but it wasn't a question that, is my, is my dad out there watching? Is he, is he seeing what's going on? So I never had to think, you know, hey, is he really supporting? Is he really out there watching after me? So um, that is a good feeling that he's out there and that I have at least one person, at the very, very least one person. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, well, I feel like if I look out in the stands and if I see my dad, I know if something goes wrong or if I, like, maybe fight somebody in the middle of the game, I know worst comes to worst, I'm going to have my back at least. <laughs> that's all right there. Everybody needs somebody that's going to throw hands. <laughs> All right, Greta, go ahead to the next one. Next two. The next two one. Go ahead. Any son's life would be so much different. A father teaches the son how to be a man and how to properly treat women. Ultimately, life would be such would be so much different without a father. The next response says, if you didn't have a father in your life, then you wouldn't have that other person to help your mother raise you. I am both a woman and a mother, so I know where these responses are coming from. What does it mean to you that a father would teach a man how to treat a woman and a child to help their mother? I would like a response from both a male and a female because treating a woman, <laughs> Oh, wait, let me say that another way. I would like responses from both the young men and the young ladies because treating a woman right is not just for the young man. Since that's the young lady, you will be on the receiving end of that treatment. And both genders should be helpful to mom. Want to go first? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was talking to the ladies. Can I get it? <laughs> I ain't talking. Okay. Go, go ahead, quick. You got it. Really, I've been waiting 40 minutes to talk. <laughs> Ain't nobody gonna mess this up. <laughs> Go ahead, Quay. All right, so. So growing up, I didn't have my dad. So being around my mom, like, I seen how she wanted to be treated. So I learned how to treat a woman. And seeing my uncle treat my auntie good, they like, made me understand yeah. how to treat a woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I can, I can strongly agree that um, the mother will most likely, at least for sons, so most likely try to say, this is how you should treat a woman, this is how you should treat um, this and that. My mom's actually not here, so she'd actually agree strongly as well that they'll try your best to say, you know, this is how you, sh this is how you should treat a woman, but fathers, they'll give you those pointers from the men's perspective, because you can't get everything from the ladies' perspective. It works and it's it's good, but you need that you need your own perspective as well. So it's good to have your dad to say, "Hey, you know, slip in this, slip in that," because um, your mom will tell you how you know she wants to put it. And you know, when when your dad's like, "Hey, you know, this helps too, this helps with that," um, it's good to have that side of you that you, the the men's side to say, "Hey, you know, you, you should do this as well," because it it helps with that. So, um, that as well. 
Any other ladies want to talk? Oh, she's going she gonna to volley over to you, Brian. Well, um, I'd like to add to what you were saying. Uh, I feel like, yes, both sides can tell you, but seeing, like, having a father figure, it shows you how to treat a woman. It shows you the things maybe you got to open the door for. You got to make sure you walk on the the side, like, when you walk on the sidewalk, you got to stay on the outside so if something happens, you know, you get hit by the car and she done, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, <laughs> That's, that's called that's called chivalry. That's how it, it be. Dead. That's how it is. <laughs> you know, like, and it's just like, like I've seen, I've seen throughout the years. You have to make sure that you follow your woman home when you're driving, just in case something happens. It's just, it's just little things. You like, you gotta make sure you mow the grass, take the take the trash, all this stuff. You know, it's just so, so. <laughs> So I realized that, yes, both sides can tell you stuff, but when you see it with your own eyes, it's totally different. <laughs> hey, man. Go ahead. Yeah. It's just So another way to put it, um, knowing that a father can help a young man know how to treat a young lady or woman, what would that mean to you as a young lady, knowing that someone's been taught how to treat you? Well, that means that you know how to manage your life well and also that this is a partnership, that I need you and you need me to make things work in the future. So... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. In, in, in other words, her, her key word there was partnership. That means you in the game. It's not all on her. You're doing this together. And I, let's face it, there are a generation of, that I've observed of young men that, hey, they do their own thing. Even though they have families, when they, when they come in, they don't clock in. They check out and they just take care of themselves. So she's absolutely right. It's good to have a father raise a young man that says, listen, here are your responsibilities and the ways that you need to deal with them when you get your own family. Here are the other two. If I had a father in my life, it would mean a lot because it would have given my mom more help. Also, I would have had a role model and someone to show me how to become a man. The next one. If I didn't have a father in my life, I would look for someone who was willing to guide me to be the best person I could possibly be. Teach me how life should be looked at through Christian lenses. Having a father in life is something great. And what I'm going to do is in the interest of time, I'm going to summarize some things here. We've already talked about how a father can help young men become a man. That was one of these. We've also heard some folks talk about some of the Christian aspects. So if, if you could think about what it means to have a father instill Christian values and still 
Christian insights into their, into their child, what would you say? The benefit of a father just putting Christian values inside of Go ahead, Jordan. Um, you can always, like, come and talk to him because it's like, like, as your father, it should be like an open-door policy with him. So you can always come talk to him about something, say, you read or, like, something that you have in your mind or something like that. Okay. So a father is always approachable. Yeah. So fathers, you should always be approachable. Your child should never be f scared to come to you, no matter what it is. I told my children growing up, I don't care if you are drunk and drugged out. If you need your daddy to come get you out of a place, you call me. We'll deal with it when you wake up the next day. <laughs> Honestly, I said, you call me. I won't ask any questions. I don't care what time of day or night it is. I don't care where you are. And I picked up one of my children. They called me. I got her in the car in my pajamas. Went and got them. They got in the car. I didn't say a word. We got home. I put my keys in. Went back to bed. I ain't said nothing. See, when you give an offer, it's got to be a real offer. You can't say that you will do something. Then when they come and then you crush them, and now you come out to be a lie. They ain't going to trust you no more. Why should they? You wouldn't, you wouldn't be so eager to trust somebody that tells you one thing and does another. Go ahead, Greta. Not having my dad in my life would be difficult because my dad has taught me so many life lessons when I was younger. If he were not there, his laughter wouldn't be heard down the hall anymore. Instead, the space would be silent. <laughs> my mom isn't as patient as my dad in some situations, so I know I would be in a lot more trouble. <laughs> I, wouldn't have an over, I wouldn't have an overprotective dad that always just wants the best for me. I just don't like the idea of not having my dad. Yeah, and basically what she's saying is, you know, her dad is overprotective, but her dad wants only the best for her. And that's, any, anybody have anybody in their life that's a father or a mentor that sometimes feels a little overprotective? And, oh, I got it, whoa, watch out now. <laughs> what, what, what safely can you tell me are some of the things that kind of feel like overprotective at times? What feels overprotective at times? So, I mean, this was back when we were a lot younger, but um, I was one of those kids that um, you couldn't just go to my house and hang out. That just didn't work. You know, and it wasn't, it wasn't because, you know, we didn't like that person, but um, I thought it was a bit overprotective because I was like, you know, mom, dad, can they just hang out? You know, can we just, can we just watch TV? They had to be interviewed. They had to ask, ask all these questions. You know, if they if they didn't go to church, they had an extra eye on them. It was, and now I understand why, but I still thought as a kid that it was, you know, I was like, Mom, Dad, that's a little too much. But, you know, it was, and it made sense because especially nowadays, you know, things can happen. But I thought as a kid, you know, hey, that's a little bit, 
the whole friend thing because I mean, even going to my friends' houses, they they didn't know who they were, and uh, my dad, you know, especially with especially with girls, and it makes sense. But my dad just didn't really like that aspect, and you know, as a kid, you're like whatever. But when you get older, you start to realize, you know, hey, that made sense. It wasn't fun, but it made sense, and that was worth it because nowadays it's uh, different. So I can agree to that that some things are a bit overprotective. Gotcha. Go ahead, Nina. Um, my dad always said, come home when the street lights are on. <laughs> so I always had to be in. And at first, you know, I would think, like, it's still light outside. We're in Florida. Who cares? But it makes sense that I need to be in the house because maybe when it gets darker and stuff, things can happen. Like Marcus said, like, you have to be careful. And also, my dad always has me text him or call him when I arrive somewhere, even like yeah. when it's daytime and stuff. Sometimes I used to think like that's stupid. I'm here. I'll just go. I'll just go and come home, and that's it. And I'll just come back. But you need to know where I am. I am your child. So. All right, go ahead, Brian. This is when I was a little kid. I can never like watch anything with like a like a magic stick or a magic wand or nothing. Yep. Like Harry Potter, not allowed. Yep. No. <laughs> no Pokemon. Yeah, like none of I I never got it. Like I was like, oh, like, <laughs> like you know, like I don't know why I can't watch Harry Potter do his magic stuff. <laughs> uh, I mean, there are some times where I was like, I wish I could watch that stuff, but I just got over it. Or I was like, I was sneaking watch it, but she don't know that. They don't tell her. <laughs> and um, like my mom, cause like, well, it's I feel like all parents are like this. I was never allowed to go to someone's house without. My mom, like, knowing them and, like, yeah. really knowing them and having, like, my parents call them and sending pictures of me where I'm at. Like, a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like, like, I wouldn't put myself in a situation to be with people that I don't feel comfortable with. And then if I would be in that situation, I'd be like, all right, come pick me up. Like, I'm, 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 I'm like, out of place. But other than that, I just feel like they just always want to make sure we're okay and they want to protect us. Gotcha. That, and that's true. Um, I would eat something. Go ahead. I mean, me and I mean, me and Brian can go back at this for a while, but I mean, I just I completely agree with what you say. You know, we the three of us were in the same boat. We couldn't watch no one. We couldn't watch none of that magic, none of the witches, none of that stuff. No Pokemon. It was it was intense. Turn it it was intense. What you watch? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I agree to that. Go ahead, Julia. Okay, so my mom is super overprotective but I like it because like I have that type of bond with her um to where I want to tell her everything it yeah kind of I kind of want to take some time to tell her mm -hmm. but I don't want to take too much time because I know I'm gonna get in more trouble <laughs> but <laughs> I basically tell her everything because I don't like keeping secrets from her because either I'm gonna tell her or she just finds out gotcha. and I don't give her any clues or nothing so to me, that's a little strict on me because I'm kind of scared of her. <laughs> but it's okay because, you know, we have that type of bond that not a lot of people have with their parents. So. That's beautiful. You know, the thing about being overprotective, notice that in that response, that even though that writer wrote the words overprotective, they ended it with that that father only wants the best for me. You know, society has gotten us as believers to kind of feed into what they're saying that discipline on a parental basis is a bad thing. And some of them actually say that 
You know, you really shouldn't assert yourself as a parent. You should really allow the child to find their own way, to allow life to raise them. That's wrong, family. Satan is the prince of this earth. The book of Ephesians calls him the prince of the, of the, of the power of the air. Why in the world would you allow a falling angel to raise your child? We're, we're not talking about abuse. We're talking discipline. We're not talking about being overly cruel. We're talking discipline. The Bible tells parents not to push their children to anger and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to discipline, the Bible says that who God loves, he disciplines, he corrects. And that's with a loving hand of a father. So fathers, we need you to stand up in your homes and in your children's life and you need to make sure you, you do apply a righteous discipline and not fall for this. Let the child figure it out on their own because who they're figuring out from is a fallen angel, an unholy angel. I can throw one thing in. Yeah, give quickly. me one sec. Give me one second. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I was. That was our last. That was our last uh, reply. And so we just have a couple wrap-up things. I know there's something that Greta wanted to share as well. But go ahead. Just wanted to say real quick. Speaking of, um, you know, don't letting them find out by themselves. One, um, one thing that Deacon Charles taught me is that when people ask you how is life treating you, it should be the other way around. How are you treating life? That's what he asked me, and it got me thinking. That's that's it. Yeah, good. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah. I think that's good. I think you should I think you should share that. I basically have a quick message for every child who does not have their biological father present. Or if you're an adult who grew up without a father. I know that that reality can weigh heavy on you at times, especially in your mind. Everybody without a human father you know, you imagine this fairy tale life with a dad. But the devil uses that to bring your spirit down to a low place called self-pity. I know that because that was me. One day I was watching my husband interact with the children. And I thought about not having that as a child. Even as a grown woman, I sat there and began to get sad about it. And in that moment... <laughs> God, God spoke to me, and I heard, this, I heard it so clearly. It was a question in my mind, and it said, what makes you think your father would have been that way with you? Just because that person would have been there physically, it's no guarantee that your life would have been better. He may have made it worse. I know he is your earthly father. But just because a person has a title, it does not mean they will live a life that reflects what that title represents. He told me, I have surrounded you with father figures to develop you in those things I want you to learn. He gave me an assurance to know that your heavenly father is always watching. He says, I got you. Admittedly, I know the lack of a good father has its downsides. 
But that does not stop God from making you all he designed you to be. In fact, God will use that time with no father to build something mighty in you. God is faithful and will place in your life father figures who truly want the best for you and adore you as their own, like we do. Yes, indeed. If you would, put your hands together for our young people. I, I really, really appreciate them stepping up to the plate. And I know it was probably a little bit uncomfortable, but they did it. They did a great job. They did a great job. So for, for Father's Day 2019, what we were looking to do is make sure that as fathers, you know, those that run in the business as daddy, that we hear from our clients. And we've heard a lot of good things. Some things that if you're not doing it, dads, pick that up. Do that. Some of the things that they're yearning for, if you're not doing that, step in and do that. But in all that we do as fathers, know that it's an honor and a privilege. It has responsibilities, but the benefits far far outweigh what you need to do to be a good dad. Amen? Guys, that's a wrap for today. Let's pray. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.